a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you as always. We are talking leadership today, and uh, I want to get a uh, just a, a quick hit from all of you. If you had to pick one leadership trait, one leadership trait uh, for a candidate, for governor, for Congress, uh, whatever the, the role is, what is the one key trait to leadership? Text it in to us on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line, 57500. Again, Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line, 57500, only when it's safe. What is the number one most important trait for leadership today? All right, very pleased to continue our leadership conversation, uh, and we've got uh, Thomas Wright on the line. Uh, Thomas, of course, is the former uh, GOP party chair here in the state of Utah, businessman. And uh, Thomas, thanks for taking some time with us today. It's always great to be on with you, boy. Thanks for having me. All right, we're talking leadership today, and so I'm going to start with a question we've been posing to our listeners today, and that is about leadership. Uh, As you look at your run for governor, your partner, uh, in the uh, run, uh, Congressman Rob Bishop, uh, what is it? Uh, what's the leadership quality that you hope people see in your candidacy as you uh, make the run for governor? Oh, that's such a loaded question. I can think of eight of them, but I think enthusiasm is big. I've seen in my business and in my uh, life, when you're enthusiastic about a cause, people buy into it, they want to be a part of it, and great things happen. And so I would look and I would say, you know, it's it's more than just a cheerleading mentality. It's sincere enthusiasm and passion. That is contagious. And when it catches on, people follow and things happen and great results come from it. So there's a lot of, I could say, integrity. You could say communication. But today, Boyd, I'm going to say enthusiasm. I think it's really important, especially as we enter this tough time in Utah. Yeah. We need somebody that's going to be enthusiastic about getting Utah back on its feet. Yeah, let's let's play that out just a little bit uh, because we are in a, a real challenging time. We've been talking about it today in terms of we're we're really on the eve of uh, great decisions, not easy decisions for sure. Uh, some difficult things. We we don't uh, elect leaders to uh, lead us in the good times. We elect them to lead us through crisis and challenge and change. Uh, so, how's your enthusiasm going to drive us through uh, this particular this particular period, as you mentioned? Well, I think I think the enthusiasm is one thing. I think decisiveness is another. Mm. A leader has to be willing to take on the risks of decision making. They have to know the risks that are there, and they have to be willing to hold themselves accountable. But they must make decisions. When you get to a fork in the road, the leader has to decide which way they're going to go, and you have to be enthusiastic about the way, but you also have to be willing to make the right choice and then hold yourself accountable to it. I, I, my business experience and my leadership experience was forged during a time of economic uncertainty and financial crisis. You know, Boyd, I built my business during the Great Recession. That was the most difficult time uh, since the 1930s. So I've been in this position before. I know what business owners are facing. 
I've proven that I can do it. And what better time to elect a business person that's not a politician to office than right now to help Utah get back on its feet, to help our citizens get back to work, and to make our economy the very best that it can be. Yeah, if you're just joining us, we have Thomas Wright, a candidate for governor, uh, on the line with us. We're talking leadership today in a number of different ways. You mentioned this this area in terms of being decisive, uh, being able to make decisions when you get to that fork in the road. I think it was uh, Yogi Berra who says, when you get to the fork in the road, take it, right? <laughs> and yeah. uh, I, I think the challenge for so many in public office today is that so so many of them don't lead from the front as decisive leaders. They lead from the middle or the back. Everything is poll tested, consultant certified uh, before they do anything. What's your approach going to be uh, as it relates to that kind of decision making process that will get us out of kind of the traditional let's uh, test the political wins first and then we'll make a decision after? Oh, it's just no time for that. You have to empower people, and you have to empower good people around you, and then you have to be willing to listen to them. And good leaders are never threatened by people that bring stronger skill sets than they do in various areas. They actually want that, and they empower those people with the knowledge that they have, and then they sit and they listen to different perspectives and different um, different approaches, and then they, as the leader, have to make a decisive decision. So it's easier to make decisive decisions when you're empowered by the people that you have around you. Oftentimes, you see leaders surround themselves with people who agree with them, with the proverbial yes men, right? Right. They tell the leader what they want to hear. And good leaders know that they want to surround themselves with people that are respectful and civil, but that have no problem disagreeing with them, and that they feel safe and comfortable disagreeing with them, so that the leader will listen and take that perspective into account. And so in too many organizations, leaders surround themselves with yes people, and they are concerned about what people think about them more than they are about making a hard decision that will pay off for the group that they lead. Yeah, there's so many different challenges, and I think we've seen a lot of those on display just in the the course of the race so far. Uh, you were one of those that uh, that got in, uh, got signatures done. You were the first to qualify for the uh, end of June primary. You're also going through the convention system with your relationship with the delegates there from your time as as party chair. Uh, and then the coronavirus hits and everything kind of gets turned on its ear. What have you what have you learned uh, in terms of leadership? What have you learned in terms of leading your campaign and those around you through what's been a lot of uncertainty as it relates to how this campaign and this primary will actually take place? I've learned that if you if you stick to your principles, that no matter what happens, you'll be okay. Uh, this is a this pandemic. Nobody saw it coming, boy. This hit us out of nowhere. I mean, can you believe how quickly the world's changed and how different things are now than they were just several weeks ago? And it's a great test for candidates, and it's great for the voters to watch the candidates. And I'm proud that we got our signatures first and that we were organized and that we accomplished the mission, and then we moved our campaign into the next phase. And we're just slowly executing our strategy, and we believe that it, that, that it does have a significant probability of victory. And as we get to know the voters and as we continue to go down the line, uh, we're just going to stick to our principles. We're going to stick to our strategy. We're going to be disciplined. We're going to be decisive. And we're going to show people that we have the conservative message. And what better time than right now to elect a business person with real-world business experience? Politicians uh, talk about business experience. They talk about the private sector, but I have it. I come from the private sector. I know what it's like to stay up at night worrying about making a payroll, worrying about making your lease payments, worrying about 
revenue. I'm living that because I am that person. I'm from the business community. All right. There we go. Thomas Wright uh, joining us today. Thomas, appreciate your conversation with us on leadership. Uh, Best of luck in the days ahead leading up to convention and on to the June end of June primary. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Boyd. All right. Again, that's uh, Thomas Wright joining us on the Newsmaker Line today. And uh, again, a lot of interesting leadership uh, concepts we've hit uh, throughout the course of the program today. And we're going to continue that conversation as we roll into our final segment coming up here in just a minute. Before we do that, uh, just a reminder that on the uh, expanded Utah coronavirus call-in today uh, from 1220, 1220, you can actually start dialing in, 1220 to 1 o'clock, Jeff Kaplan and uh, our uh, special guests will uh, be able to answer your questions as it relates to the coronavirus and what's going on there. Today, Dr. Jeremy uh, Voros, uh, ER physician at St. Mark's Hospital, and Nate McDonald, who's part of the communication team for the Utah Coronavirus Task Force, will join Jeff Kaplan, so you don't want to miss that. 1220 to 1 today here on KSL News Radio. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside for our final break. When we come back... Some leadership principles from interesting places and historian Doris Kearns Goodwin, my insight uh, from what I learned from her in a recent interview. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.